Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. <laughs> I'm laughing because maybe you guys don't know what this is. This is paper. Um, this is how I'm preaching today with Samuel. He gets the iPad and I didn't send it to myself. So um, a few years ago, we're going to, well, we're going to continue our message on marriage. But a few years ago, um, I was pulling out of my driveway and I backed down the driveway and then I went to hit the gas pedal and it wouldn't budge. So I had to put the car back into park and I had to figure out what was going on. And the thing is, there had been something lodged underneath my gas pedal. So I wasn't able to advance. And so one of the things we want to do today is we want to see um, if we can help discern what's lodged under the gas pedal of your marriage. Because quite often we can, we can be dealing with discontentment or offense, hurt, betrayal, bitterness, unforgiveness. And we wanted to give an opportunity for us as married couples to be able to discern, okay, what are areas that we can really grow in, that we can work on together? All right. So what we're calling this is how to kill your marriage, Woo. okay? In case you did not know, you're going to. Let me, let, let me help you out. And what we're going to start with is we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 13. And if you've ever been to a wedding, you're, you have very likely heard this portion of Scripture. Because what it is, is it's talking about what love is. So we're going to start by reading this. So 1 Corinthians 13, chapter 4. And this is what it says. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It doesn't demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith, is always powerful, and endures through every circumstance. So if that's what love is, first off, every one of those things is a choice. They're a decision that we make. Mm -hmm. None of those are feeling. So you don't fall in and out of love. That, that's, that's not it. Um, but every one of those is a decision. So what I want to do, because it's easy to read those and be like, yeah, okay, that's good. I should work on that. But I think what might be even more helpful is to say, what's the opposite of that and how bad am I doing? Like, like how far short am I in that area? And that's why we called this how to kill your marriage. Because if love is patient then the question is, when am I demanding? How demanding and impatient am I? And the answer is, a lot. I, I am, I'm, oh, oh, 30 seconds, I want it now. Like, why do I have to wait? You know, you're like, come on. And honestly, in our microwave society, I think it's, we're very prone to like, right now, right? You, you order it offline and it comes like same day, and you're like, well, where's the truck? Like it said same day, like come on, where is this thing? And you're like, really? Oh, yeah, internet? Oh, it's, it had better be fast. If it just, if the page hiccups, we're like, what's going on? Somebody reset the router, somebody do something. Because we're used to just right now. We want it right now. Our lives, they say it takes the average newlywed couple three years Within three years, they want to be living the same lifestyle it took their parents 30 years to achieve. 
They want it right now. And, and our financial system will let them do it. They borrow and, and just, just all this. And they're like, it's a house of cards. And they're like, it's pretty. Just don't shake. Nothing shake or it's going to fall. But we want it all right now. So the question is, I, I know that for me, this is, this is one for me. Like, where am I impatient? It's, it's the question that we need to ask. Um, it doesn't matter where you are or what you do. Our mindset at home needs to be one of patience. Um, I heard of a guy that one of the things he would do on, on his way home is he says, I, I would stop or I'd stop in the driveway and just, just, just reset. And he said, he said this. I heard him say it. He said, it doesn't matter if you are a CEO of what size company or how many people are there you know, to do what you want, when you need, and how many people you give orders to, when you get home, you're on trash duty. Like, it's just, it's just different. Because you get home and you see the trash full, and it's not like, hey, somebody take care of that. It's, okay, this is what I do. So I think the number one thing I would say, as we start with love is patient, is where are you impatient? Where are you impatient? Number two, love is kind. Love is kind. So then the opposite of kind is simply, when do I not care? When do I not care the cost that my spouse will pay? Love is kind, and kind is, is, is we think of that other person. And one of the things I love about uh, 1 Corinthians here, this love chapter, is this is all about marriage, but if you're not married, these are all things that you should be looking for. And you're like, wait a second. Is, is that person that I'm, I'm engaged to? Is that Because engagements don't mean you're married. I don't know if you knew that, but you're not. You're not married until you're married. So if you're engaged, you're dating, you're looking, these are the things that really you should be looking for. And red flags should be, oh my goodness, they're demanding and it's always their way. Red flags should be, oh my goodness, everything... They're, they're not kind, and they don't consider the cost. So when is it that I don't consider the cost that my decisions will have on Becca? Is it because, well, like, I just really want to go hunting? Like, that's just, I, I just really want to. So, does it, I mean, maybe she's had a busy day and been full and all of this stuff, but, but, but it's good hunting, and the wind is just right for that stand that I've been waiting. I mean, this is, this is it. When am I... And that's a question to ask yourself. When are we unkind? When are we not thinking of the price that it will cost our spouse or family? And I want to... Well, one of the things I wanted to add here is in the book of Psalms, in Psalm 1835, David is talking about God and he says, God's gentleness has made me great. And so we are kind because we are asked by God to be kind. But one of the beautiful things about kindness and gentleness toward our spouse is if God's gentleness can make a king great, what can God's gentleness through me inspire in my spouse, in my kids, in my relationships? What can that kindness inspire in them as well? Oh, yeah. Some of the, some of the, <laughs> the stupidest arguments and fights we have ever had are bit, have been because she's been right, but I just don't want her to be right. I am Anybody so else glad ever that's done recorded. that? <laughs> I'm so glad that's recorded. 
but you know she's right. But you're like, I just don't want her to be right. I know that that's right, and I love that. That's okay that that's right. I just don't want her to be right. I would rather be the right one and have come to the right answer, and I just didn't. And I fight it not because she's wrong, but because I just don't want her to be right. It's and only it's been just, three times. It's only been three but times. But she knows all three. <laughs> <laughs> she could name funny. the date, time, and temperature. It's nuts. I don't have that ability. She definitely does. But when I talk about being kind, I'm very specifically talking about, number one, your spouse. There's something that I think has, that we, we need to be on the guard of, and that's this, is we can refer to and get used to prioritizing our family and not our spouse. Because here's the deal, family are two separate things. It's a spouse and children. Family does not refer to, prioritizing your family is not the same as prioritizing your spouse. When you got married, if you did it right, you didn't have any kids. It was you, you were together, you're going to raise kids, and then they're going to leave. And then you're going to still be married. Family is different than prioritizing your, or being kind to your spouse. So I just want to add that in there. As we're talking about this and you're like, okay, where am I being demanding? Where am I being unkind? Where am I putting my wants and desires before my spouse? Please don't group the two together. Family is a description of two separate things. We're talking very specifically about your spouse. Okay, we get to go to the next one. Next, love is not jealous. Love is not jealous. So let me ask you, when are you jealous of your spouse? Now, there is a good jealousy because the Bible says that our God is a jealous God. And there is a good jealousy when we see what was intended for us given to someone else. I really, I'm going to interrupt just one second. I really like this explanation of godly jealousy, um, just as he goes into this. This is from J.I. Packer. It says, God's jealousy is not a compound of frustration, envy, and spite, as human jealousy so often is, but appears instead as a praiseworthy zeal to preserve something supremely precious. Divine jealousy is thus a zeal to protect a love relationship or to avenge it when it is broken. If I see time and energy and, and all of that energy is going someplace else, that she's spending it everywhere else, and then she gives me the junk and leftovers, if I feel like I'm getting leftovers, I'm like, uh-uh. There's a jealousy there, and that's meant to be there. That is meant, that is okay. When it says love is not jealous, Jealousy, the, the, the jealousy that we're talking about that's not good is that, well, well, they got to do that, so why didn't I? It's that tit-for-tat thing. I remember um, talking to one of our, uh, our worth, worth it, well, worth it pastors. <laughs> worship. <laughs> Apparently that's it, one of our worship pastors years ago. And, and he was accounting the time that they had just been married for a short time, and he spent a ton of money on a guitar. Um, he, he was a musician. He was a worship pastor. And he's like, I, they, his 
wife and he had talked about it. And they're like, we're going to do this. And it was a large amount of money. He's like, you know, we're driving this junky car. And I think he spent, if I remember the number right, it was $5,000 on a guitar. So he gets this guitar and, and he's writing music and playing and singing. This is a whole part of it. And his wife's friends go to his wife and say, well, if he got that guitar, what do you get to get? And she's like, what do you mean? Well, if he spent all that money, then what do you get to spend all this money? What do you get to get? And as he was telling this story, I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense to me. Because number one, if you spend money, you have less, right? Like, like either you budgeted it in the beginning, we're going to split, you know, we're going to take this, this 10,000 and we're going to divide it. But if one person, if things are tight and one person spends 10, it's not like, well, I get to spend 10. It's like, it's gone. But her attitude in it was this. She was like, no, it's a tool. It's going to help us. It's going to help him to do his job better. No, this isn't a, well, he gets to do it, so now I do. There can be that jealousy, especially when kids are young. And somebody's home, and somebody's not, and somebody's out working, and they're going here. And, and somebody's at home and not going out. It's like, well, why do you get to do that? Why do you get to do that? And it's, I think it can be even worse if you love your job. I think it's great if you love your job, but if you love your job, then, then you're not the one that's like, well, I got to go to work today. And so your spouse on that day where they're like, oh, it's hard for me, and you're like, I get to go to a job that I love. Choose to not be jealous. So the question is this, where are you jealous? Instead of happy for, where are you upset that, well, they get to? instead of rejoicing with them. Rejoice with them. I think one of the important things there is to see your spouse as your teammate. That, you know, you're not against them. You're not meant to be against them. You're meant to be for them, and they're meant to be for you. And so one of the things we're not saying is that there, we're not saying there can't be conversations about some of this because it's hard. I mean, I, I was that spouse that was home with lots and lots and lots of kids <laughs> and, and it can be really hard. But one of the really beautiful things that we found is when I would just get upset, it didn't do a whole lot. Again, going back to, you know, God's gentleness has made me great. But when I would have conversations and just let him know where I was at just in general, like, hey, it's not that I'm actually mad at you. It's that I, I need some rest or I need, um, I need a, a breather. Um, that was so much easier for him to understand and for him to want to give that to me because we're a team. Absolutely. Fight for your marriage, not like in it. You're not like, well, I hate you and you don't like that. Don't be doing that stuff. Yeah, one of the things that that I think even with that is I get the picture of a storm. And in your marriage, um, if a storm stays outside your house, that's okay. That's where it's meant to be. But as soon as the storm breaks through into your house, then you have a problem. So really work hard to battle together against the storm on the outside, not allow the storm on the inside. Come on. Okay, next, love is not boastful. It is not boastful. Um, so here, here's what that is. That is the one of you that you talk about yourself to your spouse instead of talking to your spouse. This is what I did, and, and the conversations are all about you. So just ask yourself that question, do I talk with my spouse, or do I just tell my spouse how great I am? 
You are pretty great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> come on. Come on. But here, here's what I mean by that. Proverbs 27, verse 2 says, let another man praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. Um, and on this one, here's what I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about sharing your joy with your spouse. Um, I, I try, like if something awesome happens, I want to tell Becca about it. I, I remember I went, I went hunting and hadn't gotten a few deer, and I, and I got two deer, one night, big buck, and a doe. It was great. Got them both. And I was like, I'm calling Becca first. Um, my dad knew that I was out hunting, and it was dark, and he hadn't heard a report. So he, he called, and I saw him call, and I'd just gotten back to the, to the car, and I'd gotten the deer in there, so we're, we're ready to come back. And I ignored his call because I wanted Becca to be the first one to hear my, here's my awesome, awesome news. Because I think the first time somebody tells a story, it's just so much better. Like a little bit, when you're super excited about something, that first bit, you've got the extra, like, it was this, and then there was this, and then it was over here, and there was one over here, and I was like, oh, and it was like, oh, and it ran over there, and I was like, oh. You know, you, you've got a bit more of that. But about the 10th or 11th time, you're like, yeah, there was two deer, they came in, I got them both, it was great. So, so what... So what I'm not talking about when I talk about boastful is share your joys with one another. That, that, that's not what it is. Um, don't, don't do what I did one time. Becca was talking about something, and I just, I honestly just didn't really care much about what she was, she was saying. And I was like, and she knew, she could, she could tell that I wasn't really into what she was saying. And I was like, maybe one of your girlfriends would like to hear about this. So I'm like, but I really just wouldn't. Um, that, that's not the thing to say, okay? You know what I'm talking about, like, how to kill it? Um, that, that's not the thing to say. And if you think that, put the thought away. I don't even remember that. Come on! <laughs> Maybe there's been enough good that she doesn't remember that. I actually do remember that, but I did only say that one once. Um, so when we're talking about being boastful, it's engage with one another, um, but at the same time, it's engaged, it's talk with each other, not just about. And honestly, this is probably a select few of you, where you're, it's just, it's just it, you like to talk about yourself. But again, just bring some balance in there. Bring some balance and remember, let another's lips praise you, not your own, and share joy. Please share joy and accomplishments. And I would even go as far to say, in that, that if your spouse is into and has something that they really enjoy, do your best to be knowledgeable and learn about that. Uh, Becca's in, she has bees, and she likes the bees, so I learn about bees. I do, so you watch, uh, you go to my YouTube and you start looking through there, guess what you're going to see? I'm not really into bees, but there's going to be stuff about bees and how to catch wild beehives, because she, she, she thinks that would be really cool, and I know that if I was to ever do that for her, she'd be like, seriously, you caught it? And last year, we thought we, anyway, anyways, anyways, so all I'm saying is when we, and here's the result, when we have, a, when our spouse is into something, they have something that they enjoy, we want to share in that joy, and when we have knowledge about that subject, it's way more fun to hear them talk about it and to talk about it with them. 
than to just sit there and be like, I'm not going to learn anything about it. I am not the person you want to watch sports with. <laughs> I'm not, because I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. And it's, it, it, it's really, really not fun. I'm, I'm sure it's not, because I'm not like, oh, that was great. It could be the greatest play in the world in whatever sport it was, and I'd be like, I miss that. That, that was awesome. And he'd be like, yes, it's never happened before. And really in sports, it's like, it's never happened on a Tuesday with that many team members when one of the team members was sick. You ever notice the stats? They're incredible. Oh, my God. I don't know how they know those stats. But anyways. But I would not be fun to watch the game with because I don't understand it. But if your spouse is really, they have something, whether it's, whether it's sports or bees or stock or annual snowfall, whatever it is, if they have something that they geek out over, maybe it's fitness, I don't know what it might be, you will, I guarantee it, enjoy it so much more if you learn about what it is that they love doing. And your conversations will be more fun. And yep. that, can even, that can even be asking them questions. Oh, yeah. Just listening and asking them questions. About, I mean... The number of times I sit and feel like I look so stupid because I'll ask him a question about electricity or the other day I was asking him about our well and I'm like, so like, is it? <laughs> you can stop right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Let's move on. Okay, let's, let's, let's keep going. <laughs> keep going. Okay. Love <laughs> is not proud. <laughs> you want to kill your marriage? <laughs> Bring some pride in. Bring some pride in. You will kill your marriage. Um, here's some signs. Here's some signs that you have uh, some, some pride that needs to be there. Do you have topics that you just refuse to talk about? Subjects that when they come up, the, the, the tension in the room, you could cut it with a knife because you don't want to hear about it. You don't want to hear about it. Proverbs 27 verse 6 says this. It says, wounds from a friend can be trusted. But an enemy multiplies kisses. Um, our goal in marriage is that the wounds that she, if she needs to correct me, if she needs to say something, it hurts. When our spouse says stuff, it hurts because what our spouses think matters. So small things that somebody else says it and you're like, whatever. But our spouse says it, and it can, it can hurt, because what they think matters. But pride is the thing that comes in and closes all of that down. You know, the word says, uh, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And one of the things that's really interesting when you actually look into um, what that means um, is that the sharpening block is where the blade as a weapon is put away and vulnerability is shown. It's not a clanging or clashing. When we live together, there can be a continual sharpening, but it's not meant to be throwing knives at each other. It's meant to be, um, it's meant to be just getting little nicks out and little things out and helping correct each other gently. And the other thing that I want to say here when it comes to proud um, and love not being proud is we don't want to ignore the concern just because the delivery is horrible. So in marriage, it can be so easy. There might be a real concern, but it can be so easy if he brings it to me and I don't like the way he brings it, for me to throw out the concern because I didn't like the, the delivery. But pride 
lets go of that and says, you know what, we can work on the delivery, but is there an element to this that I really do need to work on and I really do need to change? And this takes a great deal of self-awareness, um, but it's so vital for the health of your marriage. Sometimes what that takes is rewind. Oh, yeah, we do that all the time. <laughs> so rewind is, in, in our house, is where we, we're talking about something and one of us goes the wrong way, like we say it just completely wrong, and we, or we respond totally wrong, and then we realize it. And so we stop, and I'll be like, I get a, yeah, like, I get a rewind. And we just take those words back, and we're like, okay, let's try that again. And humor works really well on me, so that's good. <laughs> Come on, because we want to learn and to grow. Proverbs 1.5 says, let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. That the wise listen. They're not wise so they know it all so they don't listen. They're wise so they listen and add to their learning. I heard a preacher say it one time. It just stuck with me. He said this. He goes, touchiness is stupid's armor. And I want to be able to learn. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get it right. I, I definitely am not. Um, but my goal is, and my hope would be, that if you're newly wed, that those, those first years are amazing. They don't have to be bad, but that as a result of you guys growing together, that years later you look back and you're like, we've grown closer together. I know better how to love her, how to say things. How to, I'm very factual, so I'll just be like, that's bad. This is no good. And I'm be like, like, that whole like, if a delivery is bad thing, like that's me, I'm just bad delivery. Like here, here it comes. But the hope is that we get better and better at that. And as a result of, say, our anniversary of that five, that 10, that 15, that 20, that 30, that 40, that 50, that 60, that come on that 70 year anniversary, that you are growing so much closer together and learning how better to love and to communicate to one another that you look back at the beginning years and you're like, how did we make it? <laughs> Not because they were bad, but because you've gotten so much better. Who's a professional, amazing, the first time they do anything? No one. You're, you're just not. But we want that in our marriage. And so as a result, what we can often do to our spouses is we don't listen. We, we get that... And here's what it is. It is pride. Proverbs 1, 7. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. If you cannot be instructed, the Bible says you're a fool. If you despise, doesn't matter who it is, but we're specifically talking about our spouses and marriage. If you despise when they're like, hey, we got to talk. And immediately your thing is, oh, here it is again. The Bible says, fools despise that. Proverbs 12, verse 1, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. <laughs> my, my kids loved this one because we'd read the Proverbs of the day 
and they're not allowed to say stupid in our house. And then when I would read this, they'd be like, Dad said stupid. <laughs> Dad said stupid. And then they get a little bit older, like, why can't we? The Bible says stupid. Can we say stupid? And they're like, I'm like, guys, you can't say that. And they're like, well, the Bible does. And I'm like, I like you. You're, you're, you're fun. Um, you know, I think sometimes what pride does is pride, pride says to us, you know, you need to be honored. You have to be put above. And um, God doesn't ask us to go where we're honored. God asks us to go where he's honored, right? And he's honored when we put our spouse ahead of ourselves, because that's actually, our, our marriage is meant to be a reflection of Jesus' relationship to the church. And so we want to let go of pride and, and acknowledge our spouse and honor God in, in letting go of that. Come on. Last one I think we're going to have time for this morning is this one, is rude. Love is not rude. I think the number one reason that we end up treating our spouses rudely is familiarity. It's not because they're not great. And it's not because they're not perfect because nobody is. It's simply because we grow accustomed and we become familiar there's an account in, in Mark chapter 6 where Jesus is in his own hometown ministering and healing people. And the crowds come and they hear and they're astonished by what he's saying. They see the result. They see the miracles. They see the lives being changed. And they're like, holy cow. And then this happens. In verse 3 it says, wait a second. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James? Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. They got offended because like, wait a second, we know who this is. And the Bible says that as a result, there he could do no mighty work. It doesn't say that he didn't, but he couldn't. It's a whole message in itself. I think the number one reason that we're rude is simply because we're so familiar. Because that person that's given their life and so much to us, we, we wake up and, and we roll over and say hi and they've got morning breath and their hair's this and that and we see all the bad and we see all this and we're like, I know you and I know this. And let me just say, the way that we combat that is with gratefulness. Is just remembering. Maybe it's saying out loud. Maybe it's writing it in a note. Maybe it's just in our prayer time as we're praying for our spouse. We're like, God, thank you that. Thank you for. Our marriages are a gift. Mm -hmm. The reason why we called this the vow is we're looking at what it is meant to be. Your marriage is a gift. Don't kill it. <coughs> Ask yourself some of these questions. We did not get through them all. I think it's something to do with the rest of those, but we're out of time. Before we close, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to take a minute, and I just want to ask. Um, I want to make sure that you know where you stand with God. I want to give you that opportunity. Because God's word says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. You can know where you stand with God. You can know that you're forgiven, set free. And begin to walk out the plan and purpose that God has for you. So if that's you... 
I'd love the honor of praying with you, whether you're in this room or listening, watching right now. If that's you, you say, I want to be set free. I want to be forgiven. I want to be a part of God's kingdom. I'd love the honor of praying with you right in your seat. Get ready. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand. Lift it all the way up and say, today is my day. Get ready. One, two, three. Right now, all the way up. Say, that's me and today is my day. Awesome. Okay, hands down, online, everywhere in this room. Just repeat after me. Let's say this prayer out loud with those that lifted their hands. Repeat after me if you would. Everybody together, say, Jesus, forgive me and make me new. From now on, I'm yours. With all that I am, I'll serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.